What is up, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode 29 of the Bros and Consoles podcast on the beautiful June 23rd, 2019. My name is Nathan Choquette, and this is your one-stop shop for all the nerdy news, upcoming releases, and sweet deets in the realm of video games. Now, you guys may know me a little bit um, from previous episodes, if you've been listening. But if not, um, I also go by the Trophy Titan, unofficially. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> you don't have to call me that. But um, this is the show that uh, my good friend and I, Michael Ponerero, run and uh, currently are in the solo episodes while I'm over in uh, Fresno, California doing an internship. And basically, we kind of just run through all the video game updates that you guys need to know about or want to know about, you know? So what we're going to do, I'm just going to kick this off a little slower in the beginning. Got a little bit of housekeeping to go through. Um, Very little thing. No, not really little at all. It's really pretty huge going on on Twitch uh, for the next week is the Summer Games Done Quick of 2019. Um, This is put on by um, the speedrunning community, and it's a fundraiser for Doctors Without Borders. Um, They do this in the summer. Um, In the winter, they do it for... I have to think. It's another another um, charity organization, I believe, having to do with cancer, I think. Yeah, I forget exactly which one it is. But uh, they put on these uh, biannual speedrunning shows where they kind of do a week of streaming all different types of video games. Um, and it's really pretty amazing. If you guys um, have the opportunity, go and check it out over on um, Games Done Quick. But now, just going to go ahead and go into a little bit of uh, corrections slash clarifications from the last um, week's episodes. And I say episodes because you got a double dose of good old Michael and I. Um, So just kind of going through the stuff slowly. Um, Here we go. So um, in the, I believe, uh, part one episode, uh, Michael was going back and forth between um, the name Midgar and uh, Midgur um, for Final Fantasy VII. Um, as far as I've been able to tell, and as far as my memory serves me, uh, Midgar is the correct, correct pronunciation of the, the town from, or the city, really, from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, just so you you Final Fantasy VII lovers out there don't get all confused and just throw down the podcast, you know. Don't do it. Just keep it in your ears. It's okay. Um, next off... Um, I think it was mentioned that um, Watch Dogs Legion um, was, Michael was unsure if Watch Dogs Legion allowed you to recruit everyone. Um, but they did say in the trailer, and I'm just kind of going off of what the trailer said. In the trailer, they said that everyone can be recruited. Um, obviously, we'll have to confirm this once the game comes out, but that's how it is for a lot of video games. You know, you, you find out what you're going to get exactly when the, the real deal finally releases. Um, next up, Roller Champions. Um, not a... Not similar to a Tony Hawk game, really. It's it's more similar to something like Rocket League. It's going to be a um, somewhat uh, sports game uh, around like roller derby kind of um, gameplay. So you're not if you were thinking if you were thinking of hearing Roller Champions and thinking like oh man another Tony Hawk esque kind of game might be disappointed because there's no like grinding or doing tricks and things like that. It's all about the um, team competitive gameplay over there. Um, next up, the um, Ubisoft uh, conference. Um, they didn't actually announce any Assassin's Creed Odyssey um, news. Um, the new modes that were mentioned were actually mentioned um, off the conference, so like kind of more on the E3. 
I'm not sure if it was the E3 show floor or if it was just around E3 in general, but these things were announced outside of the conference, so just wanted to clarify that there. Um, then the, um, what's it called, during the conference, um, Outriders was a game that was kind of um, getting a little bit of confusion um, when Michael was talking about the things. Um, so the game that he was thinking of when he talked about Obsidian was um, The Outer Worlds, and that's um, a game that was shown over at Xbox, and that's going to be coming from Obsidian Entertainment over there. Um, Outriders itself looks like a pretty cool game still. It's just got a very kind of obscure uh, teaser trailer that came out of that conference, so I'll have to wait and kind of find out more about what's going on there. Um, next up, uh, Michael was saying that the um, I Am Setsuna and... Oh, sorry, let me back that up. That uh, Oninaki um, was reminding him a lot of I Am Setsuna and just wanted to clarify that this is probably because uh, Tokyo RPG Factory is the maker of both games along with uh, Lost Sphere. So they have this kind of uh, trilogy they've been working on. And this is going to be the uh, third game within that uh, quote-unquote trilogy. It's not that the games are all connected, but it's they all are kind of born from the same, um, I'd say like similar-ish art styles. Um, but it's, it's kind of each game has its own theme and it's within this um, kind of... Uh, evolving trilogy is kind of how they've seemingly talked about it. They don't they don't say that the games are connected, but yeah, just so you guys are aware, it's all from the same developer there, which is why they probably look similar and maybe maybe get people similarly excited, you know, such as me. Um, then um, Michael mentioned that uh, one of the games that came out of the Square Enix conference was uh, Seiken Densetsu 3. So I just wanted to clarify that this is the uh, Japanese name for the game. The The game is actually called Trials of Mana over in the U.S., or Mana, if you prefer. Um, then we had uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, Michael was saying that he didn't think that there was a release date given. Um, correct, there's no release date. Um, they just have a kind of year window, which is 2019. So we're just kind of waiting to see what's going on there. Um, then in the Nintendo conference... Sorry, Luigi's Mansion, obviously, from Nintendo as well. But um, Nintendo also talked about uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and Michael wasn't sure if there was a release date. There's actually been a release date for a little while, so that is coming very soon. Um, a little over a month now, a month and like three days. So that is coming July 26th to the Nintendo Switch. And I can't wait, guys. I can't wait. Um, then uh, we also had the announcement of a Panzer Dragoon um, kind of I don't remember if it was a remastered or just kind of a Panzer Dragoon game in general. Um, but during the uh, Kind of Funny Games watch-along, um, Tim Getty has kind of likened it to uh, Star Fox in a way. And I think this confused Michael a little bit that um, he thought that this was a Star Fox game. Um, just to clarify, Panzer Dragoon, not a Star Fox game. Um, it was its own game, and this game was actually on the Sega Saturn. So, Michael. I thought you loved Sega stuff, man. <laughs> Just kidding. But, um, yeah, actually, I don't, I don't really remember if Michael's ever owned a Sega Saturn. I'll have to ask him about that later. Um, but, yeah, so that was a, an old game, and it's had uh, multiple, um, I wouldn't say versions, but uh, multiple games in that kind of series and stuff. I think one of the more recent ones, uh, I'm trying to remember now, uh, Panzer Dragoon, I think Orca or Orcus? Um, that one came out on the original Xbox, so... That's kind of showing like how far those games have, have come from just the Sega Saturn roots. Um, next up, there was um, 
also during the Square Enix conference, uh, Michael talked about that Life is Strange uh, 2 was, uh, I think he said, released. Um, however, this game is coming has been coming out in kind of episodic um, episodes in like different periods of time. So the the trailer that they kind of showed was talking about the episodes that are currently out. It was kind of just going through um, different parts of the game as well as um, streamers that have kind of um, played the game for their audiences and stuff and kind of showing their reactions and whatnot. Um, so the game itself, not a new announcement, um, but episodes one through three are currently available. Um, four and five are coming at uh, later dates, and I think they're supposed to be hitting um, before the end of this year. Um, next up, the uh, Marvel's Avengers release date was actually given during the conference, so I didn't want you guys to miss out on that. That is May 15th of 2020. So getting getting a lot of uh, 2020 release dates, which is kind of nice, and we'll kind of have to wait and see if the Avengers game actually does hit that date or not. Um, small one, just because I, I do it all the time too, and so I'm trying to get better about it. Um, I know uh, a lot of uh, Ubisoft talk was in the conference shows and whatnot uh, last week. And just want to reiterate, Ubisoft um, said kind of similar to uh, ubiquitous software is kind of what it's supposed to stand for. So instead of Ubisoft, which I'm trying to still stamp out myself, um, Ubisoft for those that are keen listeners at home. Um, then we had um, some just kind of some things that were missed from the uh, conference rundown. Um, I know Michael kind of wrote down specific ones that he really enjoyed and um, was kind of looking forward to and then ended up missing some smaller things along the way. So I just wanted to put those in there so that you guys are aware of, of things that were there that um, maybe you, you missed out on. So um, in the Square Enix conference, we had um, Battalion 1944 Eastern Front, which is a game that's uh, currently out. It's like a uh, first-person shooter um, and I believe mostly centered around uh, multiplayer. Uh, there was also show, or there was also the uh, Square Enix Collective history that was kind of shown um, in like a rundown sizzle reel kind of format, and that kind of led up to their like newest um, announced game, which oh boy, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's the uh, racing, the cute uh, racing title that kind of reminds me of uh, tabletop racing. Let me see if I can find it real quick, but it looked like a cool game, and I, I've seen a lot of good things come from the Square Enix Collective. Um, Oh, what is that? Uh, Children of the Zodiac is one that I really enjoyed that um, I was surprised came from the uh, Square Enix Collective. Um, and it's, if you guys are unaware, Square Enix Collective is basically a, um, uh, how would you say that? Basically kind of a um, initiative that brings out um, smaller like indie games and kind of really gives them uh, life and kind of basically Square, Square Enix is kind of pushing behind them to get the game uh, published and whatnot. So it's a cool kind of thing, kind of similar to um, ID at Xbox in a way. But here we go. So I've got on the um, Square Enix Collective, they showed uh, Goetia. They showed The Turing Test, which is, uh, these are all games that are out. They showed Black the Fall, uh, which Black the Fall is a really cool game. Uh, Children of the Zodiacs, like I mentioned. Uh, Tokyo Dark, Deadbeat Heroes, Oh My Godheads, Fear Effect Sedna, Octahedron, which I've seen looks pretty cool too. Um, Forgotten Anne. Boundless, which is a pretty fun game. Um, not, I wouldn't say it's uh, as good as something like Minecraft, but it's it's got its own like cool little mechanics. And then of course Battalion 1944 Eastern Front, which I mentioned. Um, the latest one that they were announcing at the show was uh, Circuit Superstars, which is coming to PC and consoles in 2020. 
So, um, along with that, uh, Square Enix also announced that their uh, music is now going to be available on streaming services, which is pretty cool. I downloaded the, um, which one is it? I think I downloaded the Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, and I believe X, um, just basically their whole soundtrack, um, which is, the soundtracks are huge, guys. If you go and um, check these things out, I got it via, um, what is that, uh, Apple Music. And oh, it's a it's a huge amount of stuff in there. Like I think one just like one of these um, soundtracks was something like three hours long or something. And I think I want to say that the my favorite so far, which is which is funny because I haven't played through all of these games to completion like by far. Um, and Final Fantasy VI is my favorite of these soundtracks so far. So I really want to go back and play Final Fantasy VI now. So I kind of go through and hear all these these musics that I'm really enjoying so far. Just I've been listening to them in the car, just kind of on on my commutes to uh, the Fresno VA and everything. So it's a lot of fun there. Um, then we also have um, the announcement of Empire of Sin, which was announced at the Nintendo conference. Um, it's kind of a looks like a uh, sim esque kind of game where you're kind of building these um i believe it was like a, a city simulation builder kind of thing uh, i might have to go and correct myself on that in a couple of weeks but um that game was announced over there and the last thing that was just kind of missed out was the uh, nintendo sizzle reel and that was basically um a whole bunch of games that are either um, out currently or coming soon to nintendo so i'll just kind of give you the rundown of there um we have coming yeah, actually, no, these are all games that I believe are, yeah, going to be coming out. So, here we go. The Spyro Trilogy coming out September 3rd. Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is a DLC, um, coming soon. Nino Kuni 1, which is coming September 20th. Minecraft Dungeons, Spring of 2020. Elder Scrolls Blades, which I'm excited for now. Fall of 2019. My Friend Pedro. Um, June 20th at the time of the conference. Um, now it's currently out, so I've been hearing pretty good things from the looks of stuff. Uh, June Eternal coming soon. The Sinking City coming fall of 2019. Wolfenstein Youngblood, July 26th. Dead by Daylight, September 24th. Alien Isolation, 2019. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition coming winter of 2019. Dragon Quest Builders, July 12th. Stranger Things 3 The Game, July 4th. Oh, huh, holiday release. That's kind of fun. Um, Just Dance 2020, uh, November 5th. Catan, which is currently out now um, at the time of the conference. They were announcing uh, June 20th. Super Lucky's Tale, Fall 2019. Dauntless, late 2019. Super Mario Maker 2, June 28th. So that's only five days away, guys and ladies. So, um, that is all the things that um, were kind of uh, in the conferences and may have been a little bit um, missed in there. So, just so you guys get all the deets and whatnot, because we love all these new video game releases. New video game releases. Oh, geez. Words are hard, guys. Um, and then, uh, just a couple more things. The um, Crash Team Racing was talked about um, from the, oh, I believe it was the Xbox conference. I might have to... Oh, I might have to go and correct myself on this stuff, though. Uh, let's see. No, no, no. It was probably Nintendo, actually. Where are we? Got Crash Team Racing. Nope, I don't see it. So, I missed it somewhere. Oh, well. But you guys you guys know that Crash Team Racing was talked about. And I'll have to eventually find it sometime during this recording and whatnot. 
Um, but Crash Team Racing, uh, Michael was saying he wasn't sure if it was a game previously. I um, just wanted to point out that it was a game back on the original uh, PlayStation, the PS1, back in 1999. So that's what kind of why it's being uh, remastered is because uh, Crash Team Racing fans are ravenous for a new Crash Team Racing game. Because a lot of people um, of the that are fans of that uh, kind of cult classic game um, thought that Crash Team Racing played better than um, certain aspects of Mario Kart. Um, I've never played the game myself, so I, I have no idea if this is true or false, but um, it's cool that we actually have a newer version of it out now, though. So if you guys are interested in racing games, that's one to check out because it's already out on the PS4 now. And I believe also the um, Xbox and probably the Switch, too, although I'll have to check that one as well. Um, and the last thing was something that I... Um, didn't have time to look up at the time when I was talking about um, having played a Sonic game previously. Um, I kind of did some research to figure out where it was that I played the Sonic game and realized that... Um, so it was a um, uncle of mine who had the Sega Game Gear, which was the, the Sega handheld. And um, that's kind of where I played uh, the original Sonic the Hedgehog on there. Um, I kind of saw the screen and I'm like, yep, that's what I remember playing. It was this really huge, bulky... Um, black handheld, which kind of almost, I think, looking back on it, it kind of looks similar in size to the um, the Nintendo Switch currently, but much um, bulkier than the Switch is, of course. And then also that thing took like something like six AA batteries that only only lasted for maybe like five to six hours. So it was a it was a whew, it was a it was a rough times back there for gaming handhelds. Um, but yeah, just wanted to kind of point out all those different things that um, we either missed or needed kind of some clarification for. Oh, and that's what it was. Um, the Crash Team Racing was talked about on the PSN drop last week, and that's kind of where the whole thing came from. Because I was like, it doesn't make sense that it was talked about during the conferences, because it wouldn't be on a specific stage or anything. So, okay, there we go. Got all that stuff out of the way, and now I don't have to go back and correct myself two weeks from now, which is a good thing. <laughs> so... We're just going to go straight from there into segment one. And this was actually a long time coming now because we've been going for almost 20 minutes. And um, segment one, what are you playing? This week, um, got, I was excited because after um, last week, right, um, had the graduation, got sunburned and whatnot, um, came back to Oregon. But um, while I was um, in Oregon, I ended up stopping by the house and... Decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. And so I packed up some extra stuff with me that I didn't um, bring with me to Oregon. And what I ended up bringing with me back to California for the remaining couple months that I'm going to... Actually, no, like uh, just a little over a month now. Maybe like uh, six, seven weeks or so. Um, ended up grabbing the Xbox One, which had been sitting in Oregon uh, all by its lonesome for quite a while now. And... Ended up packing that up and bringing it out here to California with me. So originally the plan was I was just going to be bringing the PS4 and the Switch and um, the Vita. So I tried not to bring like every single thing that I own because honestly, when am I going to play all of it? But what I ended up doing is just grabbing the Xbox because there was some uh, cool... Um, I, always, I always enjoy how they do the uh, Microsoft rewards on the Xbox itself. So just uh, really interesting things where you get reward points for playing certain games or just getting achievements in general, which is why I was like, oh man, I really want to do this and I really want to play some Microsoft games after having um, watched the conference um, on the previous, uh, was it two weeks ago, I think. 
And so I was like, you know, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it with me. And so what I did is I actually ended up uh, going through some of the some of the older games that I've played before and um, was really having a good time from it. So let me just go through chronologically. Um, I played first on the Xbox uh, Batman Arkham Knight, which was really a jam um, back in the day when that came out. So I, I was playing through it again. I was like, oh, man, I forgot how good it feels to play a Batman Arkham game and was just kind of going through. Uh, I was doing it for the um, achievements at the moment, just because there was uh, that was part of the uh, achievement hunter uh, rewards points that was on there. So it was like something like ten achievements from a list of certain games that had, I think, recently come out on Game Pass. So I ended up playing that for a little while. Um, played also on the Xbox. Played the Surge um, for just a, a little bit to try and grab some extra um, achievements over there. Uh, also played uh, the game that I played on the PS4, Moonlighter, and that game is always a lot of fun. So now that I kind of know a little bit more of what I'm doing, it was fun to kind of jump in there and kind of mess around for a little bit. Um, then now now we're jumping off the Xbox because that was the stuff that I needed for the uh, rewards points at the time. Um, played a little bit of Breath of the Wild, that good old Zelda jam, and. I have now currently finished the um, Zora region. Uh, I'm kind of moving along into just looking for different shrines and things now. So I think I'm somewhat close to where I was previously. Um, now that I've kind of gone through that storyline, I'm going to start going out again and exploring. And I'm going to try and get my um, heart containers up as far as I can because I need way more if I'm going to go and eventually find the Master Sword. Um, for those of you who have played Breath of the Wild, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, then, a few new games that I've never played before, but it was a lot of fun doing it so far. Um, first one was Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, and this is the, um, Koji Igarashi joint that I've been waiting for, um, kind of a spiritual successor to Castlevania, and, ooh, guys, let me tell you, it's a lot of fun so far. The, um, only disclaimer I have for it is that, um, if you... It's probably going to be fine now, but if you bought the game and started the game um, before the, I believe it was patch 1.02 was released, um, there was a uh, seemingly game-breaking bug inside there that um, kind of halted uh, mainline story progression. Um, because certain, it sounded like certain chests that were necessary for the story um, were registering as already have been, already have being opened. And so this was kind of the problem people were running into is they would find these chests that were open and it was needed to continue on the story path. So um, looks like this has been um, fixed since the release of patch 1.02. I'll have to kind of keep my ear to the ground and find out if there's any other problems that kind of pop up. But luckily, I think I was only in maybe like uh, sub 30 minutes into the game at the time. So I ended up letting the patch download. Um, replayed the the game from the beginning there now and have kind of made it uh, through the the kind of prologue opening area and into the first town and whatnot. But a lot of cool stuff so far. The now kind of got um, access to some shops and like upgraded areas or upgraded um, what's called vendors so that I can kind of upgrade uh, Miriam is the main character there. And I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing so far of the game. The the combat's pretty tight. Uh, I like the ability to switch through all these different weapons uh, whenever you want. Kind of. Definitely feels a lot like um, Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night in that way. As well as like when you like level up and the um, animations when you unlock a new uh, 
kind of a demon crystal ability. So really, really cool stuff. Like I'm, I'm really glad it seems like it's come together so well um, after finally um, going through its Kickstarter days and being released eventually. Um, I know it's it's it was originally talked about that it was going to have a, a PS Vita version, um, but as you guys know, oh, hard to say it um, to the the main mainstream um, gaming community. The Vita's dead, so um, they ended up having to cancel the Vita version. But playing it on the PS4, I think is is probably the the way to go, anyways, because the amount of detail that there is on the screen when you're playing is, I think, would be hard to appreciate on the Vita. So, yeah. But just so you guys know, I'm wearing my, my Baker's Dozen PS Vita PS I Love You shirt anyways, so we all know that, that the Vita is alive somewhere in all of our hearts, you know. Um, next up, though, was a brand new game that came out, um, I guess, uh, Thursday night at 9 a.m. Or, sorry, 9 p.m. if you guys are uh, pre-order people um but also if it just came out on the 22nd so or wait no let's see today's the 23rd so 21st i should say sorry um friday but if you guys are into the yakuza series then i think you should definitely try out a game called judgment by um ryuga gotoku studios um they're the guys who obviously made um all the yakuza games and Ooh, it's pretty good so far. I've I've only played a little bit, and I mean a very little bit. Um, probably like about an hour or so last night, maybe even a little bit less than that. Um, just because it was right before bed, and I was like, man, I'm getting tired. And I think I ended up falling asleep. Um, just because I was I was pooped, you know, and ended up uh, waking up and everything was still on. And I was like, shoot, I gotta turn this stuff off. I'm wasting electricity. Um, but that game is a lot of fun so far. Um, the opening. Kind of a segment is pretty pretty intense, and it kind of gives a good idea of different gameplay mechanics that are going to be in the story. Um, and I really in, I'm really enjoying the uh, detective aspect of it. Um, I enjoyed things like um, L.A. Noir and um, even uh, Murdered Soul Suspect to an extent, just because of the detective kind of gameplay elements in there. And I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's got the fast-paced um, action of the Yakuza games in there. But um, also, the character um, that you play as, Yagami, um, or Yagami, he actually, his uh, fighting styles are much faster than um, Kiryu, um, all, all aside from the um, newest game uh, that I played was uh, Yakuza 0. So that one um, had a little bit of some faster um, fighting mechanics in there, along with just kind of slower fighting styles. But... Um, the fighting styles that um, uh, Yagami has are very uh, kind of inspired, almost seemingly by uh, kung fu styles, which I was I was really enjoying actually. I was I was surprised. I'm like, oh man, this is kind of a different take on the. And it's not it doesn't seem like it's much of a different take on the fighting styles from um, the Yakuza games, but the. Gameplay inside here is pretty fast-paced. Um, I enjoyed the kind of uh, what is this uh, called the quick time uh, cutscene kind of areas and stuff where you have to go through and kind of running after characters and dodging things and kind of um, doing like run running jumps over walls and whatnot. Um, a lot of like really fast-paced and like um, somewhat action-oriented uh, gameplay inside there. So it's something I'm really enjoying so far, and I'm pretty excited to keep diving into. 
So, I mean, if this is going to be anything like the um, Yakuza games, this is going to be a freaking huge time sink as well. So I'm going to have to put a lot of time in this to finally kind of get through to the end. But the um, opening kind of scenes where you kind of talk about the game and like the characters in general um, was really enjoyable. The, they kind of set the scene pretty well and kind of give you a just a real small um, look at some of the characters and things that happened in the past that... And then they kind of jump forward to, um, what was it, uh, current day, which is like three years later than the events that you see in the very beginning. And now we kind of have to like build this story as to like what happened in those like missing three years that brought the person that you play as uh, Yagami to the current day. And it's cool that it's happening in uh, 2018. So I'm going to go ahead and play some more of that probably today. Um, but... It'll be tough, because I'm going to be trying to watch the um, Summer Games Done Quick, because that's already going on uh, now as I'm recording this. I um, started about a half hour ago at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, so I'm going to have to go through and play some more of that, definitely. But it'll be tough, because when these uh, story-heavy kind of games come out and stuff, it's hard for me to watch things on the side while I'm trying to listen and pay attention to the, the game I'm playing. So... We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there, because there's going to be a lot of stuff to catch up on this week, because basically the... I, I don't know if I mentioned it previously, but the Summer Games Done Quick is like a week-long thing, and the um, streaming, I think, happens roughly like for 24 hours, like every single day. So they, they're just constantly kind of switching through um, streamers and announcers and whatnot. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun, super-packed week um, this week, but we're going we're gonna to get through and we're going to do as much as we can anyways. Um, the last one that I played this week was actually a surprise because I was playing, I playing, I played uh, a phone game, and I'm slowly kind of jumping into some of these mobile games. I was looking at the store um, on the on my iPhone and saw that there was a bunch of uh, Dragon Quest games, which I was like, oh man, this could be dangerous. So I was looking at those, and I'm like, no, no, hold off, don't do it. And then I was like, oh, no, but there's one other thing on there that I could play that I don't have to, like, spend money for immediately. Uh, and that was the Elder Scrolls Blades game. And so I started playing a little bit of that. Um, it took a little bit for, because I had to download a kind of, like, patch. Not a huge patch, but um, it was enough that... It could only download while the app was open, and so I kept like getting out of the app to do other things, and then eventually just let it download completely, and started playing a little bit of it, and I mean like a very little bit. So this is very just like first impressions of maybe like a few minutes of gameplay before I went to bed. Um, but it seems like it's not too bad so far. The it's a little bit getting used to the, the kind of controls in there. When I first uh, did the, I guess like first uh, combat scene. Um, it's a little bit strange. You got to really like you got to hold the screen. You got to hold your hold your finger on the screen to build up an attack, and then you kind of swipe it at the person. But it kind of once you start getting into a rhythm of it, it doesn't seem that bad. It's kind of similar to, I guess, if you think about it, it's kind of similar to just pressing the trigger button on one of the controllers, right, to swing your sword or axe or whatever you're using. So in that respect, it's not it's not too different because that one you press it um, just real quick and then you watch the animation happen. This one you're holding and then swiping kind of thing. So yeah, it's not it's not too different. It doesn't feel too bad now that I've kind of played a little bit of it. And I'm gonna have to slowly go through and kind of see what's going on in this game um, because I want to eventually play it when it comes to the Switch. I think that's what was 
getting me excited about it is because of it coming to a console platform. Um, and it sounds like I'm super down on mobile games, but I think there's there's been some things that have slowly been kind of bringing me into the mobile space. So it's kind of exciting to be able to expand my gaming horizons yet again. So we'll kind of see. I'll give you guys some updates, uh, hopefully in a couple weeks if I played some more of it. But we're just going to go straight from there into segment two, the Propinion Report. All right, guys, that's number two. That's your second dosage of it. Now, as I said on uh, part two of the E3 episodes last week, um, this is a open invitation. So if you guys are writing in to brosandconsoles at gmail.com, that is, uh, once again, brosandconsoles at gmail.com. No spaces, all one chunk of word. Um, if you write into there or uh, tweet at me on Twitter, at Indy Ronin, uh, if you can give me the name of the game that that comes from, then I will give you a code of your choice to $10 on the PS4, Xbox, or Nintendo stores. So you just let me know, and I'll get back to you, all right? This is a first-come, first-served kind of, um, co not competition, what is this, uh, game? announcements kind of thing uh sweepstakes not really what is the word oh my gosh guys my brain i'm like racking it right now and i can't find the correct word contest i guess is kind of more appropriate there it's a contest so first come first serve if you guys get it right you guys win the prize so um feel free to hit me up either bros and consoles at gmail.com um in email form or tweet at me at indy ronan uh, but we're going to go straight through the Bropinia report today. Uh, we've got uh, just a small week. It's not, it's it's never super huge news-wise after E3. Uh, that kind of, everybody in the industry kind of slows down a little bit and reports on these like much smaller things. But I think it's just because a lot of news has already been talked about during that week, you know. So not a, not a whole lot going on, but that's okay. We just go through what we got, you know. Um, so I've got four items this week. And... I'll start with number one, and this one is coming from ONS Good on Polygon. Um, essentially, there was over the over the week, over the past week, uh, there was talk of a Super Mario Battle Royale game, and um, this game, um, the, I think, I believe there was a interview um, with, yeah, here we go, uh, interview on Vice um, that was kind of talked about and. Essentially, the creator of this game, uh, Inferno Plus, uh, he made a basically a Super Mario Battle Royale game, um, and he kind of likened it to the fact that uh, Tetris 99 worked so well as a Battle Royale kind of mode, and wanted to see something similar to um, kind of like the original Super Mario Brothers games, um, or I should say the, not the original one with like Donkey Kong and stuff, but you know, the ones on the um, NES and the SNES, right? So... Essentially what he did is he created a um, game, it's like a uh, Mario Royale game, um, where 75 players would race to the end, and it was kind of the top three uh, gained prizes of some kind um, within the game and whatnot, and then the remaining ones all just kind of lost, right? Um, but 
the there was kind of I think even in the interview there was talk of being a little bit uh, cautious. Um, they were kind of wondering if it would be possible. They, they they kind of figured that uh, cease and desist would be coming from Nintendo at some point. Um, they didn't know when, and so um, apparently now the uh, game had by um, Inferno Plus has been uh, rebranded and returned as something called DMCA Royale. And so the main character in there is named Infringio, and <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of great sounding. Infringio and his brother Copyright Infringio are now characters in the game, and um, you still you still do the similar kind of things. You're you're racing to the finish. Um, I believe there are three different um, areas within the game that you race on, and yeah, you can you can't actually like hit other players, but you can um, from the sounds of it impede their progress um, in some way. I haven't played the game, so I don't know exactly how. I should probably try it out though, just to see what's going on there. Um, and it seemed like it had like a decent sized number of people playing it. Um, as of the writing of the article that they point out on Polygon, um, there were 691 players online in in the games. So yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty interesting looking so far. There is apparently also a, a kid-friendly slash streamer mode that strips out all the players' names that people have given themselves. Um, I assume because of uh, dirtiness, you know, that kind of natural um, online gaming kind of thing that you run into. Um, but the it's pretty cool to see these like weird little small things popping up. Hopefully, this game can survive and kind of grow and whatnot because I think too that this this is an interesting type of uh, battle royale. Esque kind of game. Um, the the ones on kind of mainline platforms and stuff that are just kind of based around shooting and things like that, I feel like are getting a little bit tired. Um, but having these new interesting ways to build on the battle royale genre um, as a whole seems kind of interesting. So, figured that's a that's a cool little tidbit for you guys to go and check out. So if you got some time, go and check out DMCA. Was that it? DMCA um, Royale. Yeah, that's it and see see if you can get a game in or so you know because it's possible too that this might eventually just disappear and no one will ever be able to play it again so gotta gotta pick up these little tiny things when you can you know uh, moving right on to the next one on the list uh, we have number two coming to you from polygon as well by chris plante um, as you guys know the game uh, astral chain that's going to be coming to the nintendo switch on uh, i believe august 30th i want to say 30th or 31st one of the two um was kind of they had a interview on uh, polygon and this is kind of with the uh, director himself uh, takahisa taura and he was talking about the game and surprising little it's kind of a it's a lengthy interview it's got a lot of different like questions and answers and things um, so I really re recommend you go and read all of the stuff there. But um, there was some interesting stuff in there, and I'll just kind of give you little little tidbits here. Um, originally, the game was planned as a fantasy game. So I'm going to go ahead and go through um, some parts here just so you guys get a little bit more info there. Because as you're listening, you're like, what? That doesn't seem like a fantasy game at all. So um, one of the questions asked was, in the past few years, Cyberpunk... Or no, they talked about... Um, sorry, not a question, but... The part of the interview, so they said, in the past few years, Cyberpunk has become trendy again. Uh, first off, I should start by saying that we didn't start working on Astral Chain thinking we'd be making a Cyberpunk game. And this is, um, I believe, quotes from the director himself. Um, we were actually trying to make a fantasy game where you would use magic 
What you see now is the result of talking a lot with Nintendo along along through the game develop along through the development process, excuse me, because we realized that there were lots of other games set in a fantasy setting. We wanted to make Astral Chain stand out among the other games or among other games, and that's what you see now. Um, so then um, the interviewer uh, so asked, so it evolved from fantasy to cyberpunk, and the director said, yeah, that's right. While we were making it, actually, I was influenced a lot by different anime that I liked. For example, Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed. And we used designs like that as a motif to build the setting that you see before you now. So this was a cool kind of like thing to see in there that um, the developers like kind of just like switched almost on the fly. Like, whoa, man, we got to make something else besides this fantasy game. Because I think looking at what Astral Train looks like currently, um, I might be less interested if it was indeed a fantasy setting with magic and things. I would still probably be interested, but the the trailer that I first saw of Astral Chain looked so new and interesting that I couldn't help but be excited about it. And that's that's definitely one of those games that I'm going to be pre-ordering um, as soon as the thing is available. Because right now, when you go to the um, uh, Nintendo shop, you can't actually pre-order the game. It just says that it's coming soon kind of thing. So once that thing pops up, man... My Nintendo voucher is going straight to that, so we're going to have to wait and see for that game. But um, for now, we'll just kind of keep an eye out. I'm, I'm still waiting to see when that one pops up as being available for pre-order, as well as, um, surprisingly, the um, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses isn't available yet either for pre-order. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for both of those to pop up and be uh, purchasable. So come on, Nintendo. Just, just, let me, just let me give you my money, okay? Just let me do it. Um, but... The, another thing that they kind of talked about that I was kind of thinking about in general, uh, we know that from the trailer there were uh, mentions that you can, that your, your characters essentially kind of capture these um, creatures um, in the game. And let me see, what are they, what are they called? Um, so, the, so they call them um, the legions, right? Um, but the, the bad creatures are called chimera. So when a chimera is captured, as we kind of have um, put together from the trailer, um, they become what the main characters refer to as the Legion. And it's kind of a weird, like, thought where it's like these chimera were, you know, like, quote-unquote, like, bad guys, right? And now you're capturing them, and they all of a sudden are fighting with you and on your side and whatnot. Um, in my mind, that was kind of a uh, plot point um, that I was thinking was going to be touched on where you know, like, the the good guys are capturing all these Chimera to fight for them, and then maybe the bad guys find a way to release all of them at once, so that now they're, you know, kind of, this this sounds kind of more like a mid-game or end-game kind of um, twists and turns within the, the plot itself, but um, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Um, but I was kind of wondering, like, how does that kind of work in terms of, like, the ones you're capturing? And let me find the uh, part they talked about here. So, the interviewer asked, um, do they want to help the Neuron, or are they brainwashed or enslaved? The gameplay demo reminds me a little of Pokemon, um, particularly the, the idea of the beasts being trapped in their ball forever. Is that similar to how the Legion work? And um, the director answered, it's kind of like Pokemon in that sense, but it's different from them in that the Legions are connected by a chain that creates a mental link between them and the main characters. In the beginning, they're not as obedient as they get later on, but they come to understand each other better together. So that was a really interesting thing for me when I read that. Um, so the interviewer said, uh, So I assume part of the story will be about the relationship between the rookie cop and the legions, you coming to understand the legion and them coming to understand you. Uh, and then the director said, It's not so much about the legions' minds changing psychologically. 
It's rather that earlier on in the story, when the player first gets the Legion, the player and Legion operate as two separate things, but as the story progresses, since the player and the Legion are synchronized together, they begin to fight as one. So, a lot of interesting things coming from this um, interview, and I'll let you guys kind of go through and uh, read about this stuff if you guys are excited about the game too, then I think it's definitely a must-read. Um, but a lot of cool things being talked about there, and things that um, I think give the game more of a nuance, as opposed to just like, oh, like, capture the Chimera, and now they fight each other kind of thing, you know? Um, so I'm interested in seeing how these kind of um, characters um, build relationships with each other, and like with the Legion and whatnot. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye on out. Uh, we got a couple, a little more than a couple months, uh, like a two months and a week, basically, for that game to come out, so... Pretty exciting. Got a lot of got a lot of exciting things coming in the future, guys, and I'm I'm super pumped for it all. Another thing that I'm super pumped for is actually the um, topic of number three of the Ropinion Report, and that comes from uh, Big Twinfinite. You know, from uh, sorry, I'm not sure if if um, you pronounce your name as uh, Naomi or Naomi. It's kind of one or the other. Um, I know my my mom has kind of talked about like there's like different pronunciations and stuff so it kind of just depends on what you actually pick as your pronunciation but um, I'm just going to say um, Naomi Harrington on Twinfinite and this is a story about a game called The Sinking City coming from Big Ben um, and this one is actually coming up um, very soon uh, in four days so releasing on I believe Tuesday if I'm no 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 that's four days that doesn't sound right let me look at the calendar here uh, that is a Thursday release. My apologies, guys. But um, The Sinking City is a pretty cool-looking uh, Lovecraftian um, detective game. We got one of those detective games again. Um, but there's apparently um, a new trailer, or a new video, I should say. Not really a trailer. Um, new video that you can watch about the, the Sinking City, but you have to first solve a puzzle to watch it. So this is just the kind of like interesting super like detailed nerdy kind of things that I enjoy about video games but um, apparently the developers um, on their Facebook page for the game they put up a image and it's kind of very obscure looking uh, picture it's got like um, what looks like uh, three kind of um, V's in different formations with like a circle in the middle actually I think it's like four V's um, and then underneath it are just some um, random letters so I'll just go ahead and uh, if I click onto that there you can kind of see the the image inside there it says uh, XOCPGCP. So it's kind of a uh, puzzle to figure out there. And the caption for it says, So, Mr. Reed, sit back and take a deep breath. Tell me, do you really want to know the truth? If so, like Caesar, look at what you see, move forwards, count to five, and say what is revealed. But be wary of what might happen next. So if you um, crack the code on this... Um, what's called image itself um i don't know if you guys if you guys want the spoiler um you guys can keep listening um uh, if not then skip ahead about uh 15 seconds starting now so if you crack the code on here if you uh go from the letter that it's at and you add five to it the fifth letter up above and you kind of cycle through the alphabet the whole thing spells out cthulhu and so if you go through and i think it's about 15 second mark there so but if you go through and solve the puzzle, then basically you you type in your answer to the um, the image, right? You reply to that image kind of thing, and you get messaged by the Facebook page, 
on your Facebook page sends you a link for a YouTube video that's currently unlisted. So if you go and watch through that, it's just a quick, uh, it's like a 30 second uh, teaser trailer kind of thing for the game itself. Got a few like weird, interesting things going on in there. Um, got a scary lady in there and I'm just like, oh man, this is going to be a strange game, but I'm enjoying it. And um, you get a kind of a sneak little trailer there. So it's kind of just cool things to get uh, fans even more excited about the game, I think, in my opinion. So it's cool to see these like weird little things just kind of slowly popping up. So you guys, you guys, you guys keep going, Big Ben. You guys are doing some cool stuff over there, and I like it. It's very, um, very like uh, involved and like indie feeling kind of stuff, and I love that kind of thing. So, um, going straight from there, and this is the last one on the Bropinion Report, not an actual news story by any stretch, but um, we have the breakdown and the winner announcement for the Prediction Master Championship belt of E3 2019. So, um, this is kind of the, the game that Michael and I played. Um, we do predictions and just for, for those of you who didn't have a chance to listen to previous episodes, we run through predictions for the E3 conferences, and we do five um, predictions for Microsoft, five for Nintendo, five for third party, such as like Ubisoft and Square and um, Bethesda, and then um, three for the Kind of Funny Games showcase that was at E3. So uh, I'm just going to kind of run through the... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the predictions in uh, record speed. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do that. So because we'll just kind of go in order. These are kind of the order that I wrote things out in, right? Um, we have so my my predictions for E3 2019. Uh, Microsoft did not get um, any new Xbox systems being officially announced, so no point there. Fable was not back, so no point there as well. Rocksteady did not show off a new game at the Microsoft stage. No point. Um, Gears of War 5 did get a release date for later this year. Battletoads, however, did not. So half a point um, there. From Software showed off a new game collaboration with George R.R. R. Martin on the Microsoft stage. So one point there. Um, then at Nintendo, uh, there was no Metroid Prime trilogy shown. And Metroid Prime 4 did not make an appearance. No points. Zelda Ocarina of Time did not come to Switch. No point. Game Boy games definitely did not come to the Nintendo Online Games lineup. No points there. The one that made me the most sad, um, Golden Sun not revealed for Switch. No glory there, so no points. Uh, and Bayonetta 3, no release date for sometime in 2019. No points there as well. So Nintendo was pretty much a blowout for me. Like I, I was very surprised that none of these things happened. Um, less surprised about the stuff like Game Boy games and uh, Golden Sun, because those were just kind of like things that I wanted. But um, yeah, once once kind of once I talked with Michael, I realized quickly that Game Boy games, there's no way that was coming because um, according to Michael, and even the the SNES games, which I thought were somewhat out on the Switch Online um, membership thing, are not even on there. So. That was just totally my mistake, guys. Um, then for third party, um, release date for part one of Final Fantasy VII Remake is shown by Square. That was that true. That's that true. That happened. One point. Um, Ubisoft did not show off a new Assassin's Creed game and no Splinter Cell game. Very sad. No points. Doom Eternal, the release date was shown by Bethesda, um, but it's not coming in September, so half a point there. Oninaki release date was shown by Square, one point. 
Um, the order by length from longest to shortest of the conferences, um, I said it would be Ubisoft, then Square, then Bethesda being the longest. Uh, oh, sorry, being the shortest. But it was actually exactly the reverse of that. Um, Bethesda had the longest, Square was in the middle, and Ubisoft was the shortest. So surprising, surprising there for me, um, but no points. And then for the Kind of Funny Showcase, um, I said more than half of the games shown would be presented via quickfire slash sizzle reel. And obviously the um, quickfire version of a sizzle reel is kind of what Kind of Funny does for these things. And this was true. They, they had 62 games in total, and 35 of them were shown in quickfire um, format. So one point there. Um, seven or fewer games shown are coming to the PS Vita. And this was true, because I believe the number of games shown coming to the Vita was zero, so one point there. Um, and then the last one, there is at least one out-today announcement given. Also true, one point. So, that brings the total for, for mine of uh, this E3 predictions cast, I should say, um, to six points. We're going to go into Michael's predictions now. Um, for Michael, at Microsoft, Microsoft acquires another big studio. This is true. One point. Um, Halo Infinite gets a release date and will be on Xbox One, not next gen. Um, Halo Infinite did not get a release date. It got a um, release window and did not say if it's going to be on Xbox One or next gen specifically. So um, had to give no points for this one. CD Projekt Red teases the next main Witcher game. This did not happen. Zero points. Resident Evil 3 Remake was not announced, no points. And Michael also predicted Fable, so no points there as well. Um, for Nintendo, the Switch Mini or new Switch model is announced coming this year, no announcement, so no points. N64 Mini was announced, or sorry, was not announced, so no points there. Mother 3 was nowhere to be seen, no points. Um, and sorry, I'm, I'm reading these as like the way they, they happened, not necessarily the predictions. You can listen to the predictions cast if this is confusing you guys. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess did not come to the Switch. No points. Um, SNES games uh, did not come to the online game service as well. No points. Um, for third-party stuff, um, Final Fantasy 16, um, uh, Michael thought it would be teased by Square. Um, this did not happen. Um, Splinter Cell was not announced, as we kind of already talked about. Um, Elder Scrolls 6 also was absent, so no, no points there as well. Um, Evil Within 3 was also absent, and as far as I could tell, Half-Life 3 was nowhere in any conference, so that kind of, yeah, no, no points for the third party area. And then for the Kind of Funny Games showcase, um, Michael said the last game shown is going to be a AAA game. Um, the last game shown was, um, oh, hold on a second, I'll get straight to there. Adam's Ascending by one uh, Nick DiPaolo for a PC. Um, this is pretty much like the, the definition of an indie game because it's one guy working on the entire thing. Um, so unfortunately, no, no AAA game there. Um, Psychonauts 2 um, was not shown at the showcase, um, so and it wasn't coming out after the showcase was finished, so no points there. And then Michael thought that, um, or he was guessing that 64 games would be announced. It was very close, but it was 62, unfortunately. So... The, the final total of predictions there was uh, one point, and we have a six to one lead. So I will be holding on to the, what do we even call it? The, <laughs> what is this thing called? The Prediction Master Championship belt 
I will I will hold on to this until probably the um, game awards later this year when we have more predictions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get one of these belts eventually, guys. Once once there's some money available, I'm gonna find some kind of place that does these super random looking um, wrestler style belts, and we're just gonna have one and just kind of post on the wall or something in the apartment. But that's all we have there for the last part of the opinion report. And now you may ask. Now, if I if I didn't care at all about predictions and all that stuff, uh, where would I go if I wanted to just go and play video games that were coming out soon? You know, um, and I'd be like, well, you're not you're not really going anywhere, but you could listen to the entire list of upcoming games on the PlayStation Network as listed by Justin Massengill, brought to you by the Bros and Consoles co-host each and every weekend. We got you guys. And this is the PSN drop of the week of June 25th. Um, whenever we say the, the weeks, we're talking about the um, Tuesday of that week. So that's kind of how the PlayStation um, drop usually happens. Is all the A lot of new releases happen on Tuesdays, and then new things happen throughout the week as well. Um, this week, we have actually a pretty, pretty large list, comparably to, I believe, uh, the last couple weeks. Um, this one coming out 19 games this week, so... A lot of things to, to look out for, possibly. Um, but we'll kind of go through each one as we as we go through slowly. Um, the first one here is called Akash, Path of the Five, coming to PS4 on Tuesday. As the first elemental girl, the village of Akash... Wait, what? That's weird. Let me go right, right there again. As the first elemental girl, the village of Akash has seen in over 200 years, all eyes are set on her fast-approaching coming-of-age ceremony. All is not as it seems, however, as tensions between Akash and a nearby human settlement threaten to erupt into an all-out war. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in this game, but the name is interesting and the art looks kind of cool, so let's go ahead and check it out when that happens on Tuesday. Then we have Attack of Toy Tanks coming to PS4 and Vita, Digital Crossbuy on Tuesday. Ooh. Now, there was another game in this list that I thought looks like a Radalika Games. This may be also, but that would be unheard of for them to have two Radalika Games in one week. So, I don't know yet, guys. Uh, maybe this is from, like, that that Eugenie Kompov company kind of thing. Maybe they might be doing that as well. But we'll kind of, I'll, I'll find out. We'll figure it out by next week, or by a couple weeks from now. Um, but war is coming, whether you're ready for it or not, soldier. In Attack of the Toy Tanks, across the game's 60 levels in the main campaign, players must take control of the provided vehicle of war and battle it out across different area, sorry, different arenas and be the last tank standing. So, I mean, it sounds like it could be a Radalika Games joint, but we'll have to find out, guys. Next up, we have Car Mechanic Simulator coming to PS4 on Tuesday, digital and retail. That kind of blows my mind that it's got a retail version as well. Um, there's just so many simulator games coming out. Um, build and expand your repair service empire in this incredibly detailed and highly realistic simulation game where attention to car detail is astonishing. Find classic unique cars in the new barn find mo- what? Barn find module and junkyard module. <laughs> car mechanic simulator also includes car auctions where old cars are available for your collection. Dang man, these things are just getting super, super niche, you know what I'm saying? Uh, next, we got Counterfighter 3. No, sorry, Counterfight 3 coming to PSVR on Tuesday. Let's make pizzas and pastas quickly and accurately. Defeat the bad guys and become world famous. 
Counterfight 3 is a simulation game where the player becomes a chef of a pizza store and provides meals to unique customers who appear one after another. What's up with these simulation games? <laughs> so many of them. Then we got uh, F1 2019 coming to PS4 on the 28th. Um, so I believe that's a Friday release, if I remember right. Yep, Friday release. Um, that one, F1 2019, challenges you to defeat your rivals in the most ambitious F1 game in Codemasters history. I, I assume that's the um, developer. Uh, F1 2019 features all the official teams, drivers, and all 21 circuits from the season. This year sees the inclusion of F2 with players able to compete in the 2018 season. What? What is F2? I've never even heard of this. Okay, this is going too far down the racing rabbit hole for me. Next we have PS4 and PS Vita release for the 27th, Thursday, called Furwind. Furwind is a colorful pixel art style action platformer game that evokes the challenging classics of the old days. Embark on this epic adventure in which a little fox will fight the ominous darkness that is invading its world. Now, I'm a little sad. It doesn't seem like it's a cross-buy, so uh, make sure if you're picking it up, make sure you get it on the system you want to play it on. Don't, don't just purchase it willy-nilly on any system and hope that it's cross-buy, because I don't see anything mentioned about that on here. Um, then we have Irony Curtain from Matroshka with Love for the PS4 on Tuesday. Um, I believe this is a point-and-click adventure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Irony Curtain from Matroshka with Love is a satirical point-and-click inspired by the classic adventure games. It smuggles you out of your comfort zone and throws you into the middle of a Cold War spy intrigue. Oh, excuse me. Where there's an even bigger game being played. So, looks looks like a interesting game if you're interested in point-and-click adventure kind of titles. Um, this is not really my jam, so hopefully someone picks it up and enjoys themselves, you know? Um, then we have Kid Trip, and this is the one that I'm betting Dollars to Donuts is... Well, that's a weird phrase. Dollars to Donuts um, is a Rod Like a Games joint. This is uh, coming to PS4 and PS Vita cross-buy on Tuesday. Um, Kid Trip has crashed on a mysterious island, and now the local wildlife is out to ruin his day. Run and jump your way through 20 levels of intense platforming madness in this tough-as-nails platformer. Have you got what it takes to help Kid Trip escape? We'll find out, guys. Kid Trip, I'm coming for you. Um, then we have Medusa and Her Lover coming to PSVR on Tuesday. Now, interesting. I thought this was just going to be a regular game, but I didn't realize it would be a PSVR game. Um, I saw the trophy list pop a while back and was kind of wondering what it was going to be about. I thought it was like a visual novel kind of thing or something. But believe that one day you may gaze upon each other once again. The story of Medusa, whose gaze turns all upon whom it falls to stone, and Gaios, her lover. Two players can take on the respective roles of Medusa and Gaios for local co-op play. Also supports a slightly trickier playstyle in which one player takes on both roles. What the heck? How do you play PSVR game co-op? Unless one person doesn't have the helmet on, but... Hmm. Hmm. We're gonna have to find out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next up, though, we have Monster Jam Steel Titans coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Real trucks. Real action. Monster Jam. Oh gosh, these, <laughs> these descriptions... Monster Jam Steel Titans delivers the complete Monster Jam experience for everybody to enjoy. All the trucks, stunts, stadiums, and racing... Well, sorry. 
trucks, stunts, or stadiums, racing, and massive air in one game. Play in various game modes, including stadium and outdoor racing, various stunt challenges, and destruction modes. Oh my gosh. Didn't know they made monster truck games like this. Um, then we have Nekopara 3, or Volume 3, coming to PS4 on Thursday, the 27th. The third incarnation of the ever-popular Heartful Adventure of Nekopara is here. A whole new story will be told with Maple and Cinnamon as the new main characters. Updates for the console includes all new opening movie, new opening music, and improved full HD graphics. Oh boy, guys. Get on that Nekopara. Oh man. I just, uh, when are they gonna, when are they gonna add Platinums to these things, guys? I don't think these have Platinums. Uh, I'll have to look it up later, but very disappointing. Next up, we have Paper Dolls Original, coming to PS4 on Tuesday. This looks like a scary game. Paper Dolls Original is a first-person horror game, nailed it, with a hint of Asian culture. Ugh, I don't know what that means. It's a weird phrase. Um, explore an eerie ancient Chinese house with caution in search of your missing daughter. Only by conquering fear can you survive. But when you think it's over, the real story begins. Oh, spoilers. You can't give spoilers in your own description, guys. Oh my gosh. Then we have Pool Nation FX coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Pool Nation is the ultimate pool simulator for PS4. Again, with the simulators. Prepare yourself for pixel-perfect physics and photorealistic graphics. Play live matches seamlessly online. Complete... Sorry, compete in leagues and explore our unique rule set customization tool. Pool Nation flawlessly blends reality with the impossible resulting in the finest example of digital pool ever. Now, that's a bold statement, Pool Nation FX. You better be ready to back up that pool statement, all right? Then we have Samurai Showdown coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Now, this is a, um, what's it called? Almost like a um, new-looking remake of the first Samurai Showdown. Um, and it looks pretty cool. Like, I've, I've seen it. It definitely looks a lot like um, kind of what the Street Fighter series looks like now. So it, it looks pretty exciting for people. If you're really interested in fighting games, this one might be an interesting one to pick up for you. Um, after nearly 10 years out of the spotlight, Samurai Showdown is back with a vengeance. 13 beloved fighters return, along with three new to do battle in this legendary stage, sorry, on this legendary stage. Featuring updated graphics, gameplay, and a revolutionary new feature that learns players' actions, oh wow, to create challenging ghost CPU-controlled com combatants. Dang, that's like a, that's like a, what is that game, a Forza move right there, getting the, the ghost CPUs running and whatnot. So that sounds pretty cool, I'm interested in this. Um, the next one, though, I'm interested way more in, The Sinking City, coming to PS4 on Tuesday, digital and retail. The Sinking City is an adventure and investigation game set in an open world inspired by the universe of H.P. Lovecraft, the master of horror. The half-submerged city of Oakmont is gripped by supernatural forces. You're a private investigator, and you have to uncover the truth of what has possessed the city and the minds of its inhabitants. Man, I really enjoy like all these different things though, that have to do with Cthulhu kind of stuff. So I'm probably going to end up picking this one up um, as soon as I'm able to. Uh, money's a little tight, but we'll, kinda, we'll, see, we'll see when I'm able to pick this up, and I'll give you guys reports back and whatnot. Um, then we have Spider-Man Far From Home coming to PSVR on Tuesday. Your time to swing through New York like Spider-Man has finally arrived. 
in breathtaking virtual reality, you're finally, you'll finally have the chance to scale and swing from the highest towers in Manhattan. Just pick one of four Spider-Man suits and you'll be launched into the clouds. But keep your eyes and ears peeled. A colossal and dangerous enemy is awaiting. Oh, mysterious Spider-Man. Man, I really want to go back and play Spider-Man again. I gotta, I gotta go through... Uh, I gotta see if there's new Game Plus trophies. I don't think there is at the moment. I may be wrong on that. But there's definitely DLC stuff now that I can go back and play. Because it's just kind of waiting for me there. So we'll, we'll see, guys. We'll see how much time I have and go from there, you know? But seeing seeing Michael playing through Spider-Man has really made me want to be like, oh, i got to jump back into this, but ah, we'll see. We'll see. Got to play some Judgment first and uh, Bloodstained. Then we have Super Neptunia RPG coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Neptune, stricken with amnesia, awakes in, yeah, awakes in a mysterious world where 2D reigns supreme. With a little help from her friends, Neptune embarks on a journey to regain her memory save the world, and 3D games as we know it. Now, this one I'm actually kind of interested in because um, historically the Super Nept like the Neptunia series has always been um, this kind of JRPG-esque um, game. It's, it's always had some kind of aspect of like uh, 3D running around in like dungeons and stuff as well as just kind of like, um, you know, the classic like anime visual novel uh, scenes where you kind of progress through story things. So I'm pretty interested in, in seeing this. And from what I've heard, actually, um, this is one of the first times that um, a, I guess a American studio has had the ability to work on a mainline JRPG uh, franchise. So I'm, I'm pretty interested to see how this turns out because I, I have a bunch of the Neptunia games. And I just have to play through them all still. But I like the, the characters um, in those games, which is why I've bought multiple um, games from the series. So I'm going to have to check this out eventually. So we'll see. This is also coming to the, the Switch as a preview of the next segment coming up. Um, and then we have Wartech Fighters coming out on Thursday the 27th to PS4. Wartech Fighters, the space action game that combines the spectacular action of Japanese anime with Hollywood blockbusters. That's a bold statement. Um, configure, upgrade, and you and customize your Wartech and dive into battle to fight back the Zatronian forces and save your galaxy. Hmm, interesting. I haven't played a, a Gundam-esque kind of game in a long time, so we kind of see. I want to see the trailer of what this looks like. This might be cool. Um, next, though, we have the last one of the list: We the Revolution, coming to PS4 on Tuesday. We the Revolution is a unique game with a singular art style set in the blood-soaked and paranoid world of the French Revolution, where often you could not tell a friend from an enemy. Engage in a mix of genres, blending case-building with intrigue-crafting and turn-based tactics. So this looked like a pretty interesting game. This is coming to the Switch as well this week. And I think this might be one that I might enjoy. It's got some kind of... Um, what's it called, detective elements, where you kind of build, like they, like they said, uh, case building. So you kind of look like you go on trial with different parts of the game and are building cases against people within the game. I haven't dived too deep into it yet, but it looks interesting, though. And it's kind of a cool, I feel like a cool point in history that isn't really seen a lot in video games. I think the only one I can think of that happens around the French Revolution would be, like, Assassin's Creed Unity. And, I mean... That's like one game out of like thousands of games, right? So not not Assassin's Creed games, but just games in general. 
So seems pretty interesting. I might I might take a look at it eventually, and we'll just kind of have to see for now. But then, if you're looking at me, I guess if you're if you're looking at Google, a picture of me, and you're listening to the podcast at the same time, and you're like Nathan, 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 trophy, trophy titan, you are forgetting about the Nintendo Switch entirely. I'd be like, no, 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 sir, slash madam, I'm not forgetting. Because I have for you the weekly Nintendo Switch picks. So I have about a handful of these to inform you guys on this week. And I'm kind of going to kind of gonna blast through these pretty quickly because a few of them have been things that we kind of already talked about. Um, the first one being, may, maybe not this episode, but previous episodes as well. The first one is coming out on the 24th, so actually coming out tomorrow on Monday. Uh, Devil May Cry, the very first Devil May Cry game is going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. And that one is coming for a price point of, once this thing loads, there we are, $19.99. So obviously this is the um, the classic first Devil May Cry game. Um, I believe it's the HD remaster that's kind of being brought out. So I'm going to have to check that out. If you guys are fans of the Switch and fans of Devil May Cry, now you have another place you can play one of your games that you enjoy, you know? Um, then we have one that I talked about at the beginning of the show, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, coming to Nintendo Switch on the 25th. So that's coming out on Tuesday. Um, it's the same price as it was on the PS4, so it's coming out for a price point of $39.99. Um, but it's a really fun game. If you guys enjoy Metroidvanias and um, Castlevania games, then I think this is really one for you. So go and check that out. I think you guys will not be disappointed. Um, the other one that I mentioned on the uh, PSN drop, we the Revolution coming to the Switch on Tuesday, same day as the PS4, uh, for the price point of $19.99. So it's got some cool um, images. You can kind of get a taste for what the game kind of looks like. I think it's got a trailer in there as well. But yeah, if you guys are excited about those those types of games or like history things in general and stuff, then I think it's a good one to check out. So go ahead and give it a look-see. Yeah. Then we have um, the one I mentioned on the PSN drop as well, Super Neptunia RPG. So this one has some more screenshots there. So, so this is kind of where I got the, the first look at what the game was going to kind of be like. So it looks very interesting. It looks cutesy. Like the, these games are kind of all about like the cutesy characters and stuff. Um, for those of you who are kind of unfamiliar with the um, Neptunia universe, um, the different characters are all kind of representative of different um, consoles or like PC platforms. And so that's kind of that's kind of the um, ongoing uh, lore trope that kind of goes on inside here. It's like one of them is like a PlayStation character, one is a Xbox character, one's a PC kind of thing, and it kind of goes from there. But it's a it's a really fun kind of um, what's it called universe inside there. So it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. And that one's coming for a interesting price point of forty nine dollars exactly. Like there's no there's no ninety nine or anything in there. It's just forty nine. So yeah, that's coming there if you want it. And the last one I'm going to point out here is one that didn't get talked about on the PSN drop. Um, coming to Switch on the 27th, so I believe that's a Thursday release. Uh, currently pre-purchase, um, 10% off. Um, original price, $8.99. Current price, if you get it um, before it comes out, is $8.09. And this one's called QYO Blaster. So it's a, um, from the looks of it, I'll just I'll read some of the stuff here. Qyo Blaster is a shooting game with with peculiar characters, strange enemies, weapons, and many explosions. So um, the game is a horizontal shoot 'em up. 
Um, it's got a lot of interesting looking art on there. Um, your characters that you play as all look uh, kind of zany and interesting. Um, one of them is like a hamster with like a jetpack. The other one's like a shark ship kind of thing. And one of them is just like a, a girl who's just flying through the air. <laughs> but um, it's got a lot of cool, like interesting looking um, things inside there. It's got a trailer on the Switch store as well. So if you have time to go in through, watch that. You kind of get an idea of the zaniness that is QEO Blasters. So, interesting stuff coming this week. Um, not a whole lot of other things that I was, like, super interested in, but there's definitely more games than the ones I just mentioned. So, if you guys are looking for some deep dives into some Nintendo games, then go and check some stuff out in the store this week. Got a lot of good things to pick from. Uh-oh. I'm going to sneeze. Don't sneeze. Okay. No sneeze. Thank goodness. Sorry, guys and ladies. No, no sneeze is happening here. I don't want to hurt your guys' ears with that. But um, we're going from there into one of my favorite segments, um, and this is the NIC, Nathan's Indie Corner. I'm, I'm kind of debating on if I still want to call it the NIC, because I feel like it rolls off the tongue really easily there. But it's kind of just a an indie corner, I would say. It's, it's not like... This was kind of more um, back in the beginning when we first made the segments that... Um, mine was the, the NIC, and then Michael had his own section for uh, retro games. But, um, yeah, it kind of feels like it can it can probably just be called the Indie Corner. Um, I might still refer to it as the NIC, but when I talk about it, I'll likely just say Indie Corner itself, because, yeah, it's a lot a lot easier to say, and it's not like about, it's not about um, me within there, it's just about the games itself. So, um, this week, though, I have a kind of, different type of game that I guess um, in terms of platform and it's not something that I normally kind of jump into but this was something that looked amazing from what I thought and have seen some of so um, during E3 there was a game that was showed um, and this was kind of a gameplay uh, showing of a like closed beta for the game and this game is coming to PC and mobile so I don't know if I'll get a chance to play it if it's on just like the PC side. If it does come to mobile, this is one that I might definitely check out because I could see myself playing this on my phone for like hours probably. And that would be a rare kind of thing as well. So I'll have to, I really hope this will eventually come to consoles so I can play this too. Uh, let me just get straight to it, though. So this game is called uh, Genshin Impact. That's G-E-N-S-H-I-N Impact. And this was shown um, around E3, or I guess, I guess at E3 of this year. And um, what was kind of talked about in this article that I, I found it from uh, on Polygon by Patricia Hernandez, uh, was kind of talked about that this game was kind of written off by some people as being a Breath of the Wild cl wild clone. Um, and when you kind of go through the, the segment that they kind of showed, um, gameplay-wise, it's like 30, almost 35 minutes long. So a decent chunk of gameplay inside there. Um, but it looks way more anime, and it looks way more uh, JRPG than um, Breath of the Wild was. Um, there are still some familiar kind of like things within the game itself that make it look like um, Breath of the Wild. Um, obviously, you have the ability to climb um, pretty much it looks like any um, surface within the game. So they have that thing. You have a stamina bar that slowly drains as you're climbing or um, swimming and doing things like that. 
Um, you can also um, sprint, though, in the game, and it kind of drains the stamina bar as well. Um, I don't really remember if you can... I mean, I've been playing Breath of the Wild a lot. I don't remember if you can sprint in Breath of the Wild. If you can, I just don't use it ever, so that might be just my mistake there. But um, the game itself, you can choose either a male or female character in the beginning from the looks of things, and the story kind of revolves around your characters. Um, you and your brother or sister, depending on the character you choose, um, were essentially looks like um, fallen stars, and you fall to this world, but um, pretty early on in the, the very beginning of the game, in term, or they kind of describe it in um, cutscene kind of thing, not, not like moving cutscene, but just like story cutscene, and essentially your other half, right, um, was... I think, I, think they, I think they said impaled on a spear and, like, essentially, like, uh, crucified and stuff by um, some some god within the world that you landed on. And the god also puts you to sleep forcefully, and so you end up waking up, um, like, several years later, and you don't know how much time has passed. But the world that you landed on looks way different. And now it's kind of, you, you're awakening... Um, to the to the sound of a cutesy looking fairy, which is which is pretty cool. Like the it's not a fairy in the sense of um, like uh, something like Navi from um, the Ocarina of Time on Zelda, but it's like a small little anime fairy girl with like a halo around her head that kind of flies around and kind of can disappear and reappear in other areas and stuff. And she kind of guides you through this area. Um, and there, there the game looks beautiful. Like it looks like. <clears throat> it looks like you're watching an anime kind of being played out in front of you. And the game scenery looks amazing. The um, animations of the characters are all very, like, fluid. And, oh, it, it looks very good from what I've seen so far. I kind of, I watched the majority of this um, uh, Genshin Impact gameplay trailer, or gameplay uh, show that they had here. And it looks really good. But, um... What I liked, though, as they kind of uh, mentioned in the Polygon article, or as, as Patricia kind of mentioned there, uh, is that it kind of looks like a mixture between um, some of the elements of Zelda Breath of the Wild, as well as some of the uh, faster gameplay, um, especially like um, uh, fighting mechanics of the Tales series. And there's a lot of really cool, um, you get some different abilities and stuff as you progress through the world, and you can combine these abilities with your random, not your random, but your, your normal um, melee attacks. And kind of using these things interchangeably, you end up creating these really cool combos of like powers with regular attacks. And it looks like a lot of fun. Like the gameplay looks pretty fast and your character seems pretty agile. Um, also though, you eventually in the, the long trailer that they kind of had, the long gameplay segment, um, you find other characters within the world that join your party, and these are like main characters, and you can switch between them. So you're not only playing as one person throughout the entire thing. These other characters that you find have different abilities. So like the first one that they showed you finding, um, her name is Amber. She's super cute, by the way. Um, but Amber is a um, knight, and she uses a bow as her main weapon. So your main character that you start off as um, has a sword, right? And she kind of learns, she or he, whoever you choose, learns some um, kind of semi like magic looking abilities. Um, but uh, Amber, the the archer, she has a bow, and it kind of 
adds this whole other type of combat. So now your character is not like pulling out a bow like how Link would and stuff in Zelda. But um, you switch characters if you need more ranged combat. And then she has the um, ranged ability to fight things from far away. And if they get too, if monsters get too close, you can switch back to your character and now engage in melee combat. So pretty cool like mechanics there. Now you can't just switch willy-nilly. Um, there's like a real small cooldown time where it's like when you switch to another character, there's a few seconds before you can switch again. So it's got some um, strategery inside there. Oh, strategery, that word. Um, it's got some strategy inside the um, gameplay itself from the looks of things. And um, there's also a really cool uh, combo system that I kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, one of the first powers that they show the main character getting is this um, wind blast ability. And when you use it, obviously, like, you can either just, like, shoot a blast of wind, which is one, one way to use it, or you can charge it up. And the charge up kind of builds a um, wind ball in front of you that kind of, like, does slicing damage over time. And anything caught in that slicing damage takes that damage and then blasts them, like, way far away. Um, but I saw this being used in terms of one of the areas of combat where there was a, a fire or like a, a torch kind of like sconce nearby. And when the wind blast thing or like the, the ball of wind caught part of the flame on it, it turned into this fireball that was doing like fire and slicing damage at the same time. And then a big like fiery explosion happened afterwards. So it's got some really cool, like, um, thoughtful mechanics inside there, kind of similar to um, Breath of the Wild when you have um, the ability to really do things that you think you should be able to do in, in the game. You know, like if you see a drawbridge and you're like, oh, I see a rope holding that thing up. Let me shoot it with an um, arrow or throw like a, a blade at it and slice it open. Then it falls down and you can actually do those things, right? Um, but it seems like it has that sort of thought put into this game as well, where if you see this like a uh, fire nearby and you use a wind spell it seems like the wind takes on the fire as well because you know fire loves wind right fire loves air and takes on these extra um, qualities that does more damage and kind of makes the attacks more devastating so as you guys can tell i'm very excited about this game so far and it's not even a game that i'll probably get to play on like pc or anything like that i'll probably end up having to hopefully wait for it to come to consoles but um if not, if it's not going to, then I'll probably break down and play it on, on the phone or something like that. Um, I'll at least see how it looks. But the game, yeah, like I said, the game looks really beautiful. Um, the characters, all the um, world building kind of things they have inside there seem really um, well animated. You know, it doesn't, it, it definitely looks like you're watching an anime kind of thing there. And um, I think that's kind of the point is because the, um, apparently uh, Genshin Impact is kind of modeled after a uh, manga, apparently. So, pretty exciting. I'm going to have to definitely keep an eye out for this. Um, the game itself is um, being developed by a studio called uh, MiHoYo, and it should be, It's it was announced in like its own trailer that it's coming uh, spring of 2020. So, this is going to be a, a pretty cool, interesting thing to keep an eye out for. So, I urge you guys, if you guys... We're listening at all, and you are interested in um, this game, even in the slightest. You know, anything in, in anything in the game that I just kind of described, if it's grabbing you a little bit, go check out the trailer for it. Um, they have a trailer on YouTube, and then they also have the um, longer form gameplay um, segment that you can watch as well. So 
Looks looks pretty cool though. I'm I'm really digging what I'm seeing so far. And that's pretty much what we have for the show for you this week. Um, next week is going to be uh, Michael, my buddy Michael, coming back and bringing on good old episode 30. We're, we're getting into the 30s, guys. We're, we're getting up there in age. Um, but um, if you guys have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to write in at brosandconsoles at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on that email. You can also, if you're like, man, nobody emails anymore. I'm not going to do that. Then, you know, you can you can tweet at me on Twitter. I'm at Indy Ronan. Um, if you go to Instagram, uh, Michael is the actual Magic Mike. And let us know what your questions are for the show, you know. If you have any feedback, if you think some things need to be changed, if you're like, man, that Nathan guy talks a lot. He needs to shorten up his episodes. Then, you know, just just let me know, man. We, we love the criticism and we love the... Um, uh, we love the, the constructive changes that can be made, you know? We want to make the show as, as decent as possible for you guys and ladies. So if you have any kind of feedback, let us know. And any kind of questions, um, that's even more so. Uh, we, would, we would be very happy to take those things on and kind of just include those in the show because we really want this to be a um, discussion show, you know? So, um, and I've seen the um, stats of kind of people from like a bunch of different countries um, listening and stuff. So you guys uh, feel free to write in as well. You know, I've I've seen um, a decent chunk from um, the UK. I've seen a chunk from um, I believe it was Switzerland or the Netherlands. A um, whole bunch of different places. Like it's it's really cool to see that this is being listened to in multiple countries, not just the US, but. Yeah, I invite you guys all to the conversation. Um, don't forget about that, um, not sweepstakes, but that, that uh, contest that I was mentioning earlier in the show. And hope you guys had a good week. Hope you guys get in a lot of great gaming this coming week. And I look forward to podcasting for you guys again in two weeks. Michael will be on next week, and we will see you guys later on. Peace out.